Welcome back to Formula E, where Mitch Evans basically said, it's coming to Rome, and then destroyed everybody. What more can you do? Welcome back to Motorsport 101. <laughs> Beatings. More, more beatings. I'm Dre here. Welcome to episode 355 of Motorsport 101. And on this episode, our last of the big quadruple header, we are talking Formula E in Rome and two races to get through on this one. And for the first time, I think, since we went to an airport in Tempelhof a little while ago, we had back-to-back -back winners in Formula E from the same person. And, uh, Mitch Bra ended up just taking names and taking souls. I mean, this was beatings, and it could be the start of much more. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, King, like, how you doing, big over there, man? I'm doing well. <laughs> Sweet, and back again to to wrap up this quadruple block. It's Cam again. Hey, buddy, how's it going? I just want to uh, out my absolute disgust at the fact that we allowed Mitch Evans to win more races. <laughs> How did we get to this point? <laughs> Again. <laughs> but here we are. My but, disappointment but, is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. Look, it get, look, I get to be slightly smug about picking Jaguar for the for the Constructors title. Knowing that we, we got no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I've had enough. I'm standing up. <laughs> like this is my moment. It might be the one moment I get on Formula E regarding this for the whole year. Okay, I'm taking full advantage of this. You hear me? No, <laughs> like, so, I, I should point out that while you might have predicted Jaguar to win the constructors, they're not even in the top four. <laughs> the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, King. And this, and this was two rather big steps. I think I'm ahead of the curve here. By the time we get to Seoul, we'll be in prime position. Just you wait and see. Because, honestly, I need to get one of these picks right this year because they are all going badly for me at the moment. All of them. Like, if you, if you, if you guys who weren't around for the MotoGP episode last time around, remember, I picked Fabio DJ Antonio for Rookie of the Year. That might be the worst pick I have yeah. ever made on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that hurts. Oh, oh, we might be the worst rider in the field right now. Good lord, um, I, I could not have gotten that any more wrong if I had tried at the moment. So I need something—a crumb, a morsel, something to give me some hope. And on, on from a prediction standpoint, because it is, I am down bad, Chief. I am down bad. Okay, <laughs> so we'll be talking all about Formula E in Rome for a little bit. We'll be talking about Jaguar, Mitch's double wins, the ups and downs through the field. We'll be talking a bit more about FE in general, um, some presentation stuff, and all of that as well. We'll be talking about a big buyout because the uh, the Dams team is no more. Well, not as we know it really. Anyway, We've, there's been a buyout, and it's, it's from exactly who you think it is. And we'll be talking a little bit more about, I guess, our title predictions in general because uh, we are now four races in and we're still really no closer to figuring any of this out. It's kind of wild. But places you can find us real quick, we are on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter, Motorsport underscore 101. But if I find our personal handles, you can. Harrison 101 HD, at Ryan Eric King, at a C 917 
We're on Instagram, motorsport101.pod. You can check us out on there. And you can get all of that and much more on our website at motorsport101.com for all of our content. That includes our Patreon on there as well. If you want to back us financially, you can do that too. That's always cool. So after this, we'll get into it. Formula E, and it's coming to Rome. Dominance, folks. Dominance was the name of the game here. I mean, like, if you're Jaguar, We've, we've been coming to Rome for three years now. And in that time, they've had five podium finishes and three wins. Like, they just have a knack for this place. Mitch Evans in particular. He won both races over the course of the weekend, including race one where he had to come from ninth on the grid. And then he won by nearly six seconds. It was a performatory. That is about as dominant as it gets. Uh, so we've almost exclusively had mm. super beat him downs this year. First Mercedes, then Porsche, mm. now Jaguar. <laughs> I still can't get over it. just adding a lap to Mexico City just because we can. You know, just 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 a mess we, with some heads. We charged for the whole race distance. We're gonna use the whole race distance. We we thought this race was gonna be forty laps, and that's what and that's what it's gonna be. Um, but yeah, got to the front one by six seconds. Race two, similar story. Came from fourth. Um, just past cars left, right, and center. You know, survived the safety cars at the end. Couldn't be touched by John Eric Vern at the end of the race. So, you know, Vern very sneakily will take that because he now leads the championship again after all of that. But those two wins, Mitch is now fourth in the championship. He's just nine points off the top of the standings as well. Mitch had one point going into this weekend. One. Going into Rome, he now has 51, leaving it on the way out. So, King, I've got to ask you, man, just how much of this is a... Is this a blip for Jaguar? Have you, is this restored any of your faith? Because you were very cynical towards them in our season preview. In fact, you were adamant Jaguar will not win either title this year. So is this a blip for you? I'm, is this I'm still that confident. I am still that confident that they won't win neither championship. <laughs> King, you're completely unwavered. You, are you sure? You really yeah, mark it down? Where? It, yeah, I'm 100 percent sure. Like this is this was a blip. This was 100 percent a blip. Say it with your chest, King. <laughs> King's never normally this confident <laughs> on a prediction. He, he, he's adamant here. Like, there is no... Man's won back-to-back races. Nah. <laughs> Can't see it myself. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna do it just to spite him at this point. Yeah. Why not? It's, <laughs> it's like, before these two wins, what? He had, like, one point. Like, he had, yeah, he had one point. So he finished in 10th. Besides that, he's finished well outside the point. Yeah, and everyone of the guys that got really badly shafted by the 40th lap in Mexico City because the whole field got caught with their yeah, pants well, down okay. on that one. And I think Jaguar were one of the biggest victims. I think Sam Bird spoke very candidly about that in the other Jaguar um, on that weekend. Uh, let's just say swearing was was the order of the day on that one. Um t- if I'm taking my slightly biased predictor hat off for a moment here, King's absolutely right in that Mitch has struggled all year long. They've only got a point going into this weekend on, as an individual. And I don't like the fundamental calibrations of their car where 
it's qualifying is so important in Formula E, especially now that the field isn't so isn't so you know random and jumbled up now. Like consistency is going to matter even more now, and they always have to give themselves more work to do because they're not great qualifiers. And I distinctively remember and figuring out that race two was the first weekend where a Jag had won a qualifying duel in the final eight. And <laughs> if, if you read between the lines, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the win was against each other. <laughs> so, of course, there's, the way there's we, no situation. No matter who loses, no matter who <laughs> loses, we win. Yeah, it's like, it's like, good news, King. We're guaranteed a duel win here. We're also guaranteed the loss. But hey, it's something, you know. Yeah, it, it's 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 wild. Like that was the first duel that a Jaguar driver has won all season long. I think it was, I think it was only their third appearance in the duels as, as a top eight as a team overall this season. So <sighs> their race pace was obviously stunning, and that's what got them both these wins here, particularly in Mitch's case. Not so much with Sam; he was a bit all over the place this weekend. Um, Asked Nick Cassidy about that one, but. Um, the way their team is right now and the way it's structured, it just doesn't scream like title contender to me right now. It just screams, you know, we'll pick our spots here and there and hope for the best because we've not seen this form from Jaguar anywhere else this season, King. I mean... Not even close. Think, no, I mean, it's, it, it's not really... Like, it, it's hard to put Jaguar in that top tier right now, isn't it? Even with these two wins, right? Mm. Definitely, because at this, I don't want to say wins don't mean anything, right. but the top three in the championship, all three drivers have yet to win a race. <laughs> oh, this is so formidable. Uh, that's very much true. And, and again, everybody's just, again. It's like last year. Everybody's beating each other up, so you don't need to win as much. To, to get to the top of the board as long as you're not having like a really bad day or you're having a day where you're not on the point. So, yeah, I mean, I want to no, believe I, in I do think mm. I do think the new barometer is top five finishes because all three drivers in the top three of the championship have three top five finishes this season. Ah, the, 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 that could be a good man. It's like, it's like we're watching... If you ain't top five, you're last? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, it's not as catchy. But uh, it's like watching NASCAR because one of their major metrics is normally top five or top ten finishes. It's weird that I'm comparing Formula E to NASCAR. I couldn't have gotten two more polar opposites here. But the way the scoring is right now and the way this championship feels like at the moment, I'm sure we'll talk about it more at the end of the show, um, the way it's going right now and the way that's feeling is weird. And, yeah, like Jaguar just took 50 points out, out, of, this, out of this weekend and it just you still don't feel that confident about them going forward despite winning both. It's like they're Rome specialists now. It's it's a weird vibe, but here we are. Well, right. That's exactly it. As you could say about mm. any of the three teams that have just up and seal clubbed the field on a given weekend. Mm. And then otherwise, I mean, Por Porsche were kind of mid this weekend. Yeah. But Mercedes swing between being completely and utterly dominant and hot garbage. And ditto for mm. Jaguar. Mercedes exactly. is the opposite problem, where they're all one lap pace, and then they have no race pace. God, stuff will drop like a stone in, in, in those races. 
Oh dear, they just, they just can't hang on over the entire distance. And Nick the Free struggled as well. It was really, really weird. And the backup Kings point from earlier as well, as Jason puts in our chat here. Drivers with a win right now are fourth in the championship. Mitch, who has two. Edo Mortara in fifth. Pascal Verlein in seventh. And Nick the Freeze in eighth. So the guys at the top fives are on top. And the guys with the occasional win are in the midfield. Because, of course, this, this, this totally makes sense. Um, wild one to, 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 to get that together. But, yeah, you know... I, I I don't I think Jaguar just punched above their weight this weekend more than anything. I, I need to see more. I, I need to see more from them going forward before I start even having some confidence in my in in in, in my pick. Which again, like by the time I got to Rome, I was like, "Well, this isn't happening." I've, I've got I've got a small glimmer of hope, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm even even if I'm taking the biased hat off here, I can't watch them clean house for the remainder of the year. I'd be shocked if that were to happen. They totally deserve it, but I'd I'd be shocked. It's it, it was it was wild. So watching along over the course of the weekend as well on various platforms and in the UK we can't decide between Channel 4's YouTube channel and them and their main TV channel. It's a fun time. We had some more presentation changes we were going to talk about as well because there was a couple of those we saw over the course of the weekend. The duels they tried sinking the hot laps side by side and then we removed one of the two times as well to try and up the suspense a little bit i thought that was interesting um we've got a driver's room now folks you know some some fancy mood lighting and sticking some drivers in a room and then well they replay the race to them and just having an open mic and letting them talk about it as well as well i thought i thought that was intriguing i mean king you watched along with me for most of the weekend what did you make of it all <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's okay. I'm still generally, I, uh, the, the whole trying to sync up the feeds and everything is still a bit mm. wonky. Uh, I rather them just not try, uh, the WWE style promos <laughs> before each <laughs> of the duels is a bit weird. Oh my! I've got to talk about oh this for a second. Like it's, it's like, like the dual graphics. I actually, I actually quite like the head turn to the camera. It's, it's very football. It's very, you know, NFL. I like that. I think it's just the right level of cringe. Like it's, it's still quite funny. Um, but then they go into this new clip where it's like Robin Fridge was like, the, the, the reason why, the reason why I don't feel nervous is because I believe in myself, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is like something you read in like a year, like a year three child's book report. Uh, um, <laughs> this is the peak next gen era for the WWE in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> this is like why I'm a new right. generation. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> qualifying. Like, when are we, we getting were... a Nintendo sixty four game with all this cringe baked right in? I, I don't know, man. It was it was just like see like like Jeff explaining like oh qualifying is important because you just gotta go go in there and just beat this one guy and then you're on pole and it's great and I'm just like this is so awkward. <laughs> it was so like that, that is not how that works, Jeff. Oh, just, just like <sighs> it, it feels like they're trying to orchestrate these. Very like it comes off as very inorganic ways to right. force the drivers into situations where they could say something that goes viral. Yeah, it, it's 
it it's it's very strange. It's very. I'm not sure if contrived is the right word, but that's what it feels oh, it's a hundred, like. It's 100% yeah. contrived. Right, right. I'm, I'm glad that you, you guys you felt that. Right I wasn't head, sure. Right? Yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't sure if that was the right word or not, but that's that's what it felt like to me watching it. It felt like you want to manufacture something awkward or something punchy, hoping that you know it gets the engagements on Twitter more than something... For me, it's doubly annoying because I'd argue one of the coolest things about Formula E is the drivers and their own natural personalities. It's an extremely likable. No, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta bury them under seven hundred pounds of cringe and manufactured drama. But again, it's like. I I don't want to say this is like wonder this is like wonder bond bullshit where it's like we where it's like okay we can't we're not going to do the traditional thing where we have a say a trackside reporter or somebody do a post race interview and they have like a producer in the background with a screen showing a replay and they just ask them to talk them through a situation in the race that you see like in every other sport and other mm. motor racing series. Where, you know, it happens in IndyCar all the time where they get the driver's immediate act- reaction to it, seeing a replay of an incident they were involved in. Instead, sure. we're going to uh, create this massive room covered in video screens. We're going to mic up all the drivers and just send them in there and see what happens. Yeah. It's going lo- to look like when Neo meets the architect of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Big Brother. It's so... No, it- it's... It's like again, I, I. It's like you know, building a hyperloop instead of trains. We have a we have a proven solution that gets you the results you want, but you want to do something different just to say you're doing it differently and to excite people about the new different thing that isn't <laughs> any better than the old thing. Oh yeah, like like, like yeah, that's 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 exactly how I feel about how I felt about watching it. I was like, guys. The dual video was fine. Like it was fine as it was. You don't need to sync these laps up. Like don't try. You don't have to do this. Like the, just cutting between back and forth on certain parts of laps and having the gap meter on the left of the microsectors. That was fine. There was nothing wrong. Yeah, with it was. That. Not, it was. It was beyond fine. I actually, I actively enjoyed it. Yeah, like seeing it go up and down every few seconds was great. I enjoyed that. Like you didn't need to have the both cars on screen at the same time for it to be entertaining. It was fine how it was, and they, they, they've doubled down on the whole idea of trying to get two laps in at the same time. I get it to a degree because you know seeing two cars on the track is a bit dull. I, 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 I get that to a degree, but it it wasn't broken. You didn't need to fix that, and then cringe intro videos that wouldn't look out of place on TikTok and then, you know, this drive them. Look, Formula One's already had this. We have a, a pre-podium room with an open mic where they could talk, where they would naturally talk about their races anyway and it didn't feel contrived as shit. Like, what you had was fine. What you've got is fine. We, like Your product is fine. It's good. It's the racing is genuinely great right now in Formula E. I'm really enjoying Like I, I watched my races. I thought they were both great, and I really enjoyed it. And it just feels like they're trying too hard. Is, like, is that the impression you're getting here, K? Because it just feels like it's 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 changing things to change. Ten percent. 
Yeah. They're not they're not putting the effort in to where they actually need to put effort. They're just like, oh, we need to just it, it it's it's so dumb. I'm I'm so glad that I, I felt like I was beating the party pooper odd man out because I was thinking this as I was writing this down and talking about it. I was like, all of this just seems so unnecessary. <laughs> and I'm glad that from what you guys were seeing, you had the same sort of vibe because man, I just I just didn't enjoy the changes that they made and it was just like, why are we doing this? It's like I know everyone's got their nuts. It's being in different. Place. It, it's just F, it's Effie going back to this where you got to be different for difference's sake when right at their core, what they already had was good enough and, and different enough. Like, yeah, Formidary is a fascinating series to watch and the, the product is great. Like it's it's the good kind of chaos. They cut out some of the Valencia bullshit we had last year. Like oh, this God. season has been very much enjoyable. It, it, I've really enjoyed Formula E this year for what it's worth. But they're gonna make people raise their eyebrows and go, "Why are you doing this shit?" Like, if you keep doing little things like this, because I know everyone's got their nuts in a twist over DTS and trying to have their own contrived drama to go because that's what they think everybody wants. Just put out a good product. Like, like that's yeah, number I'd, one. I'd say the one thing that Formula One does well that Formula E struggles to do with is put out and promote talking points about about what's going on. Where mm. you might not like you like in Formula One, you might not like each individual race as it happens, but there's a long term story to follow. So, like mm. in Formula One, this season. Obviously, at the front of the field, it's Ferrari versus Red Bull, but you also have the talking point about uh, the Mercedes and how they've been how they've been struggling with their car and trying to fix these like the, the like the fundamental problems with their car going forward to try to catch up with the rest of the field. That's that's a storyline that you could see out and like it might not be a hundred percent clear on track. We. Mm. You you can clearly see on track that Mercedes is struggling, but you might not know why. And through F one itself and the the journalists that cover the sport, <laughs> there's some understanding of why Mercedes is bad and not what they could do to improve, but how how them improving could drastically change the landscape of Formula One. Mm-hmm. We really can't say that about Formula E. What like what is uh, why is Mercedes falling uh, falling through the field during races? Why is the race race pace so bad? How could they improve the the race pace? I don't know. I'm gonna be straight. I don't know. Yeah, it just yeah, feels I mean, like it's, it's like it's probably not a good look when it's like the the yeah. the biggest example of a story outside of like the fight for the friend is probably like oh all these brands are leaving. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not That's great, not good. It? Yeah, it's it's all just, just you need that intrigue. Mm. It's very it's all very matter of fact right now. It's like oh, here's the racing. Mitch Evans won. Okay, thanks for coming. See you next week. Um, you know, it's 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 yeah. There, well, we're, there and we're is... not asking for more of the contrived stuff that we just got through talking about. Just 
hmm. expand further on what's going on beyond just the fight for the wins. Yeah, because like to me, one of the most interesting Formula E stories that you know ended up only lasting about a month or so was when Nissan was developing their twin motor powertrain, and then it mm. eventually got banned. Like, and you know, all the talk around want, that they don't want anyone <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It getting banned was the end of the story, but about how Nissan thought it was going to be a game changer, and how, like, just with some more development that they could be at the front of the field, and that was genuinely interesting. It was, yeah, and we just don't get that with Formula E. I think it's very... It's like they want their, their actual racing to do all the legwork, and for people that want to scratch beyond the surface or dig a little deeper into the iceberg, because People, people love a good iceberg meme on, on, on social media these days, right? There's not much there. It's all just very boff. Here it is. Here's your race. Yeah. And and, well, and, that, I, and it almost feels like they don't want to talk about it, it, it's they want it to be competitive. So they don't want yeah. to talk about, say, like the technical differences between the cars. Because then it might insinuate that one team might have an advantage and the other team might not be able no, to win a race. I I don't buy that part because those eh. those those differences exist whether they talk about it or not. It doesn't. Mm. Not talking about it doesn't make the cars oh, of course. equal. Of course. <laughs> yeah, just do more. Expand. Do more. Like we yep. don't we don't need silly intros or contrived drama. You know, like the the one of the funniest Formula E moments ever was Buemi losing his mind in Canada, and we didn't need to put him in a mood room to get to that point. You already had it; it's it's been there. You know, it, it sells itself on that sense Focus because that, hmm, be, because expanding into the say the the underworkings of the series also increases the understanding about how the drivers might be feeling about their performances whether you know say you know it, it might seem weird to some people oh why is they saw van doren upset about a fifth place finish well because maybe he should be at the front of the field we won't know that if we don't know how good or poorly the mercedes car is Exactly. It's just, it's all just sort of there. Like, expand the iceberg. It's right there for you. We don't need funky intros or contrived drama or, you know, shock value for the sake of shock value. Your product is good. Like, that's the most important thing. It's good. Like, give people a reason to come back. Give people a reason to dig a bit deeper, you know, rather than just saying, hey, I don't feel pressure because I don't put pressure on myself, Robin. You know, <laughs> we're just going to laugh at you. And you don't need, and you know, a lot of people unfortunately don't take Formula E all that seriously as it is. You know, seeing that go viral is not going to do anybody any favors in the long run. I promise you that. Ugh. Speaking of in the long run, oh, it's, it, it's subscribing to the idea that getting roasted is in fact getting posted, but <laughs> you're getting roasted a lot. You're getting roasted a little too much. Right, right. There's, there's, you know, I, I am all for people that don't take themselves too seriously, but you know, you, you can do better than that. Right. Some news off the track as well, because as King alluded to, uh, we, we talked about this a little bit as well. We got word earlier this week, Nissan have announced a full buyout of the EDAM team. They completely now own 
the entry for Formula E, the, the artist Formula E, Amazon and what would be the Nissan Formula E team. They, they, they started collaborating with them back in 2018, but this will now be the Nissan team in full. Um, Tommaso Volpe, the general manager of Nissan, will also become managing director at EDAMS immediately. Um, he, he commented, of, of course, on the new deal. So, quote, I'm delighted with Nissan taking over EDAMS. And today we are thinking of Jean-Paul, who, together with Nissan, had the vision for the team and helped to develop our partnership. Since his passing in 2019, Olivier and Gregory took over and made sure the legacy of their father's success would continue. It has been a pleasure working together, and I would like to thank them for their commitment and support. We have a fantastic team in place, and we are looking forward to building on our success and experience together as a team and to beginning this new chapter in our Formula E involvement. I mean, well, with that in mind, King, I mean, is this a good is this good news? I mean, is this is, like, what do you make of it in general for Edams and the artists formerly known as Edams? Because I guess I should say going forward, um, I'd I guess say it's. it's... Hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic to see because it's them committing to Formula E long term, especially considering, well, last season wasn't so good for them. Uh, mm. What I think they were like tenth out of twelve this year is not going. This year is not going that well either. They've yet to score a point. Uh, actually, no. I. So this mm. year. This year they're still near the bottom. They've they've scored points. Uh they they had one of their cars finish in the points in in Rome and then a double points finished in Mexico. Mm. But they're still like the bot at the bottom half of the table. Yeah, they they have one point more than Neo King, which kind of says it all really. I mean <laughs> like I'm not taking I'm not doing this to take the piss, right? But Neo just had their first double points finish since Buenos Aires in season three. Formula E. Oh, Oliver Turvey, seventh, and Dan Tictum. Yes, Dan Tictum got his first points finish in F1 in race two because he finished in 10th after all the penalties were shaken out. That's where Nissan are at right now. Dang. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, for all the talk about Nissan Enams, and yeah, they they got a car in the points this time around. They had two in Mexico. Yeah, like, Neo's a point. Oh, that's the expectation. Like, this team, this team where it was. This team ruled Effie for a time. Yeah. Yep. Like, I remember that dominant Sebastian Buemi season like it was yesterday, where he basically just ran the entire field over, which is something you're just not meant to do. In the way Formula E is calibrated, or has been from its inception, was specifically for that not to happen. And then it did. <laughs> they've never got back to those dizzying heights since then, and they've been just not great for the last few years now and like the dam's name in general has has struggled you know like it's it's just not been there and you know since 2017 they've they've not got back into they've only been in the top three of the championship once and that was in 2012 was in 2019 20 with roland and whammy and you know the twin motor got banned didn't help them of course it didn't i know king alluded to that earlier as well but I'm just glad that we've got a long-term commitment from Nissan. That's huge. We know Nissan is still a huge car manufacturer. And as Cam joked earlier, they've been jumping ship from this series and quite understandably putting the fear of God into people for the entire series as a whole. When you hear, oh, well, Aldi's quitting. And then when you hear the news, oh, well, BMW's quitting. 
Like, that's going to scare people. And, you know, when you've got that, I'm just glad that Nissan are here long term. And I'd like to see the Dam's name back up the front again because they're a good name. They're a well-liked organization. And I'd just like to see them do well again more than anything else. Um, so if Nissan's going to be here for the long haul, I know they've, they've, they committed to, to Gen 3 last year, which is good. So, you know... They've still got one of the best Formula E drivers ever in terms of track record with Bremi as it is. They've got, they've got the perfect guy to build the team around. I don't see any reason why they can't get back up the front eventually. And, hey, maybe Nissan buying the whole lot out in the long run will, 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 will help. I mean, what vibe are you getting from that, King? Do you, do you, do you have any vibes on that? Because I'm... I'm um, it's just... It's, I think it's going to be a say... grind. I'd say it's kind of Nissan getting involved mainly to stop, you know, a downward trend because it's like, it's a shame to say, but it's relatively common with say, I wouldn't say like private teams, but teams founded by a certain individual and they're mm -hmm. the forefront of that team. And when that individual passes away, the team, you know, is around for a couple more years, but then just fades away and then disbands. Mm. Very true. Very true. So yeah, glad Nissan's there. Um, you know, it's it's a shame that the Udam's name is kind of fading away a little bit. We all know that we know who they really are in spirit. So yeah, fingers crossed they're back up the front soon. Um, it'll be a, hopefully it'll be a good shot in the arm for them all going forward. But just before we get out of here, I mean, we're now almost a quarter of the way into the season already. We're actually over a quarter of the way with five races down with eleven to go. So we're coming quickly towards halfway. We got Monaco in three weeks' time. I mean, are we any closer to figuring this title out? Because it's still... It, I'm still... It's it's not quite, I think, as completely ridiculous as it was last year. Um, I think there is eight or nine names that have got a clear advantage here. But, I mean, King, are we figuring this out? Are we starting to get an idea of where, where the, the cast performances are and all of that? Uh... <laughs> yes and no. I'd probably, I'd probably still refer to how I felt about the teams and where they yes, were and... in the season in the season preview. Like mm. nothing has really happened to drastically change who I think the front runners are. Yeah, it, the the I like it's like a tier right now is probably Porsche, which you know, like you know, good good for you, Cam. You, your boys are doing all right. Um. Could have fooled uh, me uh, this weekend. <laughs> I know, right? T-Cheater are, are always going to be in the mix. Jev, in particular, is, is still just driving as well as he always does. Maybe not winning, but always in the mix. Has been in every round this year. Um, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd probably, I'm with you, King, in the notes. I'd probably throw Mercs in there too, even if, you know, maybe their race base does have a bit of a cause for concern. Um, and I'd yes. probably say... Envision and Venturi and maybe Jaguar are like B tier right now. Like they're the, like they're the guys who can punch above their weight and have a good day. But that feels like B tier at the moment. And then there's kind of everybody else in the midfield and beyond. Would, would that be fair to say? That'd be fair to say. We're like I'm still leaning towards Porsche because uh, no one has had all their cars score points in every race. The closest mm. to that is Porsche. If Porsche, if Porsche had a double, were, were able to get 
that double points finish in the first race of the season, instead of having both cars finish outside of the points, they'd be leading the constructors, right? They'd be leading the team championship right now. Mm. And probably uh, Veriline would be in the top four in the standings. And, and besides that rough first race, they've been consistent the rest of the year. And uh, they're they're not far off the front most race weekends. Just a slight improvement, and they're going to be in control of the title. So, so, Cam, how much are you trying to pay the series so we can race in Mexico City every weekend? <laughs> um, let me get my piggy bank. Um, it looks like I have a. Uh... I have a really crisp five dollar bill. You know, it's it's one of those that it's like it's worth more than the five dollars it's worth because you don't want to spend it because it's so yeah. new. In, in interest. Maybe they'll take that. Um yeah, I mean Porsche have been consistent in the sense of they haven't cratered at any races. No. They're either fighting for the win or at least like fighting in the top five Mercedes either run the field over or are legitimately uncompetitive. Yeah. Cause mm. actually scrolling through it, uh, only two teams have had no retirements this season, Porsche and Neo <laughs> reliability <laughs> gang. <laughs> hey, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> that quote was not and yes they pretty much bookend the field <laughs> <laughs> that quote was not from Paul Rudd what, that what's quote sitting was in the from... middle oh, oh there's a lot of fire <laughs> that quote um, was and, not and from Paul Rudd kind of the same Rudd. thing it with was... Tachita as well is that... mm, definitely go, go on Dre no I was going to say like that quote was not from Paul Rudd it was clearly from one of a turvy my, my, my man knew he knew like, <laughs> we, we got one thing in common with our boys at Porsche we don't break down baby we don't break down. Um, meanwhile, the other end of the scale... And then he did a hit of the last dab Apollo and passed the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what were you saying, Cam? Real quick, oh, we get out of here. good grief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I, I, I said it in my sentence. I was just like, you know what? This is formidary. Chaos will still reign. And in the end, Jeff will win. Probably. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure the rest out later. But uh, who cares about any of that? I We're don't know. Tachita, let's say Tachita's been a little bit shaky. Mostly from the Costa. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, let's... I mean, yeah, let's say the Costa has been shaky. Yeah, Ver Vern's held up his end of the deal. <laughs> like, like, the Costa, eh, you know. Hey, we got the perfect round for him coming up next and maybe balance the books. Because guess where we're going in three weeks' time? Monaco! Monaco! It's back! The Love Motorsport it. 101 2021 Race of the Year! No no pressure, folks. No pressure. Um, you know, there, We're not expecting anything from this, but it was the best race last year of 2021. We loved Monaco, and we're going back this year. Full roll pre-circuit. It's going to be lit. It's going to be great. Please don't find a way to screw this up for Monterey. This is like a Blue Ribbon event now. Please be good. Please be good. We're begging. Ah, uh, yes. We're going back to noted power track, Monaco. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. 
just the way Formula E would have intended. But that'll do it for this episode. And gentlemen, we're finished. We've done. We've done the quadruple header. We made it. Woo! I'm going for a nap. <laughs> Wake me up in like three weeks' time. So but, who do we uh, face in the play-in tournament? Ooh, Brooklyn. It's going to be hard. Um, may the good Lord help us all. But uh, until next time, no. basically find us one more time. We're on YouTube.com. No, we, we, could take, we could take WTF1 in the first round. It doesn't matter if we're a play-in scene. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> we're going to be the first 16 to be the one king. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Right, YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Oh on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. I'll be flustered there for a second. <laughs> Twitter's at motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles at Harrison 101 HD, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuggy917. Website motorsport101.com, Instagram motorsport101pod, and of course our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. We'll be back next time around in a couple of weeks. When, well, depends when this all shakes out, episode release date wise. But next on the list will be Formula One at Imola. That should be fun. Sprint, sprint, baby. Sprint weekend. Don't all look so excited. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Until then, I've been Dre Harris. So when did Verstappen and Hamilton hit each other? Ooh, <laughs> before lap three, definitely. <laughs> but until then, I've been Dre Harris, and they've been Cal Buckley and Ryan Eric King. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Sign out. Bye. We got to get back to adding more laps onto races just because we can. <laughs> <laughs>